This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So I just want to do some housekeeping here before I launch into this episode. And I wanted to bring this up because two companies that are in my Zach's value investor portfolio have uh, been in the news recently. They're either being bought out or maybe bought out. They are Walgreens, which is ticker WBA, and Comet, which is ticker KEM. And so I wanted to bring that up because I know a lot of you listening to this podcast know that I run the Zach's Value Investor Portfolio. And if you want to see all the stocks that are in the Value Investor, you can do a 30-day trial for just a dollar and you can go in there and check out everything. So to get that, we're running the special promo. So you can go to zax.com. It's Z-A-C-K-S dot com slash promo. So just zax.com slash promo. And you can sign up for that and check out everything, not even just in my value investor, but you can literally get all of our newsletter stocks, stock picks, including the insider trader, which sometimes does have some value names in there. And remember, in the value investor, we do what we do here on the show. We hold for the long term. And we currently have 18 companies in that newsletter. And I'd like it to be between 20 and 25. So it is on the smaller side size right now, but I am. Uh, trying to consistently add a few more holdings in there. Our oldest position in the Value Investor was bought in February 2017. We did have to exit some other positions at the end of December 2018 in that big sell-off because it just got a little too hot to handle some of them. But we still have two holdings from 2017, and then everything else is 2018 and 2019. So if you want to check everything out, again, go to zax.com slash promo. But one of the positions that's not in the portfolio, and I will reveal this, is Apple. I actually have never owned Apple in the value investor since I took it over in 2012, even though it has been a value stock over the years, and it has also had the good Zach's rank. So I could have added it uh, many years ago. And I know some of you are probably like, you fool, why weren't you in there? Why didn't you put that one in? Um, but it just never was one of the tech stocks on um, my list that I had to get into. But it has traded really cheaply over the years, like I said. So it was trading around 10 times forward earnings at one point. And now I went to go take a look at it because I saw some tweets this week that were indicating like how expensive Apple is. And I, and I haven't looked at it for a while, even though I know it's hitting all-time highs. And I was like, well, how expensive is it? Like, is it really that expensive? Because I was used to it the last time I talked about it on the show, I think it was at like 15 or 16 times. And I was like, man, that's not, it's not super cheap, but it's not too bad expensive. But now when I was looking at it just on a forward PE basis, it's not now trading at 19.9 times. That's the forward PE. And that's the highest valuation since 2010. So nearly 10 years, um, it hasn't traded this high. And so I took a little bit deeper dive in just to see kind of what was going on with its PE. And so 2013 was when it was at its cheapest. That's probably when I'm like remembering, oh yeah, I remember when it was like nine or 10 times. And it did range that year from 8.9 to 12.8 times. This is all forward PE. 
Now, Buffett, Warren Buffett bought it in 2016, if you remember. And back then it was ranging from 9.9 to almost 14 times. And the 14 was, I think, after he had to reveal that he was in it and he bought a big position and everyone like rushed out to buy it and it pushed up the PE, uh, but still pretty cheap even back then. And then he has bought and added to that position over the years. And there was a big sell-off at the end of 2018, along with everything else. And the shares were back down to about 12.8 times. So it looks like that was a buying opportunity if you wanted to get it in the value area. Because now, as we know, 2019, these shares are up 68% off of those lows. So now a new all-time high. And then I took a look to see, like, is this a value trap? Well, it's not really even a value anymore at 19 times. But is it a growth trap of some sort? And why are people willing to pay 19.9 times for whatever this company is doing? So I took a look. Is it really not doing anything? And I was a little surprised by that, too, because I thought maybe revenue growth was still like 1% or 2%. And that's, you know, pretty pretty anemic revenue growth. And I would expect the shares to be cheaper if that's all I'm getting for revenue growth. And then I thought it'd be single digits for earnings growth too, but I was pleasantly surprised. Revenue growth for fiscal 2020 is expected to be 5.7%. So still in the single digits, but not as uh, lame as I thought it was going to be. And then fiscal 2021, analysts are seeing revenue up 8%, which is not too bad. Uh, earnings 2020 expected to grow 10.8% and then 2021, 15.5%. They are doing the big share buyback, I believe, right? I think all of these big tech guys are with all the cash. And I know they have a dividend because it's yielding 1.2%. So not so great on the divvy side anymore because these shares have soared. So their underlying growth metrics aren't awful and they're not exactly trading at 40 times here with these growth metrics because then I would be really concerned as a growth investor. I would be like, what? Like, why am I paying that much for this? But apparently uh, a decent number of investors are willing to pay almost 20 times the earnings now to get this these single digits revenue growth and double digit earnings growth. And so you have to ask yourself as a value investor, if you were adding, say, monthly or every couple months to your position here, you might want to wait for some kind of pullback in the shares to see if you can get them at a much better valuation. Because to me, 19 or 20 times this type of revenue growth is pretty pricey here. And yes, I know they're they just launched the Apple TV and the subscription side is doing pretty well. And they have, um, you know, some other uh, new product launches that apparently are coming down the pike. But um, yeah, you have to ask yourself on some of these whether or not this is the price you're willing to pay. And that's what value investors do. I would be surprised to see if Berkshire Hathaway was actually adding anything to these shares at this price. I kind of doubt it, but um, we will see. So after I took a look at Apple, I decided I kind of want to see what's happening with some of our other favorite former value names and whether or not they're still value. And then look at a couple that maybe are value. And I kind of stuck with some of these cyclical names that tend to move um, up and down with the economy 
And certainly some of the semiconductors fit into that cyclical story. So, of course, I had to bring back our old our old favorite, Micron. And it's, it's the superstar of, is this a value stock or a value trap segment, right? But I haven't covered it in a little while. And I know some things are going on in the semiconductor earnings uh, situation. And so I thought I'd take a look. So Micron right now, ticker MU, if you don't remember, it's MU. Remember back in the day, it was super cheap. It was trading at like four times. And that's when the earnings were exploding higher. Everything was, you know, basically the perfect kind of value stock, the perfect conditions. And then the um, inventory was just too uh, high. The demand was slowing. Prices came down and so did the earnings. (laughs) And that's when you had the stock, you know, basically really pull back. And now, um, the PE isn't what it used to be. So right now, the PE, that it is trading at 19 times. So for those of you who still are back in the days when, oh, this is super cheap and it's you know only single-digit PEs, it's not really super cheap anymore. It's still trading at 19 times. But I took a look at the earnings, what's going on there, and fiscal 2020... Um, the recovery has not been in, as we now know. This That was not the bottom in fiscal 2019. And fiscal 2020 may be the bottom, though. So the Zach's consensus is looking for $2.42 for this coming fiscal year. Now, remember, they're only in um, the second quarter of the fiscal year here and goes through next summer. So two forty-two, but fiscal 2021, the analysts are encouraged. And they're seeing four dollars and 54 cents. So that's a gain of 87%. And so this could be the turn, but the analysts have gotten a little bullish ahead of the game prior to right now, and then they were wrong. So it's unclear if this is going to hold for fiscal 2021. But I took a look going back into their history too at what did it look like at the last bottom of the cycle? And in 2016, As these shares started um, to surge higher, it was trading at 105 times because the story was developing, the good story, and the earnings hadn't yet caught up with what the stock was doing, which is common with these cyclical stocks. So that's when the shares bottom is a lot of times when the PE is at its height. And then it flips as those uh, earnings grow and the the PE will come way down kind of at the top. So it's not unusual to see it at um, 19 times, like on the more expensive side. That's clearly not 105 times, but it is on the more expensive side as you reach closer to the bottom. So I'm not real concerned with that 19 times. If you are looking at some of these semiconductors now and you're looking at it from the value perspective You have to look a little bit beyond what the PE is telling you with some of these cyclicals. So I took a look at NVIDIA as well, ticker NVDA. They are reporting this week. And if you're listening to this podcast, either later in the week of November 11th or later in the month, then they have already reported. So check back in and see what the earnings estimates are looking like. They're trading at 39 times right now. 
For fiscal 2020, expected to see 534. Fiscal 2021 looks similar to Micron's rebound, so the analysts are looking for 709. This is before earnings, however. But then I looked back in and wanted to see what was happening, say, in 2016 and then in 2017 as these shares started to take off and the PEs were more elevated on those years kind of like we're seeing now with this situation. So in 2016, the P's range from 19 all the way up to 47, and then 2017 from 34 times all the way up to 60 times. And at the bottom, these shares were trading in 2013 at 13 um, to 23 times. And so um, a little bit cheaper than what we're seeing here now, but the shares have gotten a little bit of a bid um, here in 2019 off of those recent lows after the sell-off, after the earnings miss at the end of 2018. And so you are you are going to have to pay a little bit more for them here, but those earnings could be changing for the better, we will see on this earnings report. So that, again, is something to keep in mind with these kind of more cyclical plays. And then I wanted to look at one that is in the value area, but also cyclical, and that's United Rentals, ticker URI. I've talked about H&E um, equipment before, H-E-E-S, um, H&S equipment is, is the name of the company, um, but they're a smaller competitor of United Rentals URI. Um, both are in the value camp right now. So United Rentals PE is at eight times, and they were trading at uh, their low in 2010 after the financial crisis, the recession, nobody was building anything or doing anything. And that's what these guys do. They're the largest equipment rental um, company in the world now. They have been acquiring a lot of other companies, so they're not solely North America anymore, but still huge in North America. And so in 2010, those earnings were way down there. So shares bottomed out. It was trading at 70 times. And now in 2019, this is the, among the cheapest it's traded in the last nine years, but earnings have really um, exploded higher thanks to a lot of these acquisitions that they're doing as well, plus demand. So right now for 2019, they've been trading anywhere from five times, basically five times to eight times, which is where they are right now. So that they're at the high of the year, the shares have broken out. They're at 52-week highs, but not yet the all-time highs that they achieved last year. So um, that's something to continue to look for. And then I took a look at what those earnings are doing. So earnings expected to be up 18% this year and another 6.6% next year. So no value trap uh, linkage there. And revenues up 16% this year and another 2.8% next year. They have been, again, absorbing some of these companies that they've been buying. So that is uh, tending to help with the revenue and earnings growth here. So I also took a look at these up since 2010. These shares are up over 700%, but no dividend yield with this one. And they have been doing some share buybacks, however, but no dividend. But United Rentals is another example outside of the tech world where you can see some of these PEs come down and some of the... Um, Issues with a cyclical type company. Now, United Rentals, if there's any whiff of any kind of recession, um, 
then everybody, you know, abandoned ship. So that's why you can see some of the volatility. And especially last year, again, in December, where everybody was really fearing a recession coming, possibly in 2019, and the slowing global economy, everybody had just abandoned it. And still cheap now, even though it's hitting new 52-week highs, but not quite the all-time highs here. So I wanted to just cover some of these. That's just four names that I managed to think of off the top of my head as some of the names we've looked at in the past, wanted to check in to see what is going on with them again, and to ask the question, how much are you willing to pay for these earnings on some of these, and to also examine on the cyclical nature of when you should be paying and you don't mind paying a little bit more for those earnings because those earnings may be on the rise. So that's something to keep in mind. The real value story among them is really United Rentals because as a cyclical, you're still getting it cheap while those earnings are rising here. And so that's um, something good to see. And we're also maybe going to be entering into like the similar kind of pattern for the microns and for NVIDIA. So that's also keeping, you know, the semiconductors on your list, which I know you all are because you're like, meh, who cares about the rental equipment companies? We only care about the semis, but um, all of these quality names and I'm going to keep watching them. So let's just recap again. I talked about Apple, AAPL. Not sure I said the ticker the first time, but I think we all know what it is, don't we? AAPL, Micron is MU, NVIDIA, NVDA about to report earnings. United Rentals is already reported. URI is that one. And if you do want to get a dividend and you want to be in a similar area with cheapness, H... Um, H-E-S-S is the competitor, and you can get equipment rental through that with a dividend. I think it was yielding over, it was definitely over 3%, might even be over 4 So be sure to check into any of these. And as always, I'm going to be bringing you more value stocks or stocks that used to be values that we might hope are again on future episodes. And I want to get back into the Benjamin Graham book because we haven't had an update on that for a little while. And it is 600 pages. So there's quite a few chapters I still have to cover. So I'm going to be going and looking into some more tips from Benjamin Graham on future episodes as we head into the end of 2019, because we're all going to be looking for some value tips heading into 2020 as value still is kind of in the spotlight here. And I think it's going to be even bigger in 2020. So we want to get all of the tips we can from the masters themselves, which includes Benjamin Graham and, of course, Warren Buffett, who did uh, work for Benjamin Graham. So we're going to be covering that. You don't want to miss a single episode. You can get us on Spotify. You can get us on Apple Podcasts. And we are on SoundCloud under the Zach's Market Edge. You can get two for one over there. But get us on any platform. We're on most of the podcasting platforms. You can just find us. Just put it in Google, the Value Investor Podcast at Zach's, and you'll get us. But be sure to, because I will be back again next week with some more value stocks. 
This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.